What up, my people? Welcome to another episode of We're Going There, a place where we can have honest conversations that are real and relevant for us now. Today, we're going to talk to one of my favorite people on the globe about, drumroll please, adulting. I know, I know, but stay with me. In Hebrew culture, becoming an adult occurs at the age of 13. For Latinas like me, um, we have this thing called a quinceanera when a girl hits 15 years old. American culture grants grown-up responsibilities to kids on their 18th birthday. But as we all know, just because someone legally becomes an adult doesn't mean they act like it. Adulting isn't always fun, and oftentimes it's not easy. But to do it successfully, we need to face responsibilities with a sense of maturity. Now, before you turn off this podcast because you think responsibilities are going to make you break out into hives and make you want to eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream and block out your life and your world with a Real Housewives marathon, oh, is that just me? (laughs) I want to stop you and encourage you to listen to this podcast. This isn't about responsibility as much as it is about not letting age and maturity make you give up on your dreams. No one has taught me more on this topic than the guests we have in today's episode. Before we begin, let me tell you a quick story of me and my friend, Bob. Now, if you know me, I tell people about Jesus. If there's one thing that I believe I'm called to do, that's it. Sure, I could bag groceries or organize a spreadsheet or be an Uber driver. But what really moves me is seeing people transformed by the truth of God's word and the life of this crazy man named Jesus. I believe in this man so much that I've dedicated my life, love, and language to seeing others know him too. When I'm invited to talk about Jesus, it's nothing short of a massive honor that I take very seriously. So please understand that this story has less to do with me failing than it does on giving you a glimpse into the heart and life of the guests on today's show. Five years ago, I stood on a stage in front of 5,000 people and I preached the gospel unabashedly. Y'all, I was prepared, I prayed, I practiced, and now it's time to equip and unleash the truth that I believe God imparted to me. That was until something happened. When I stood on stage, I felt a tickle in the back of my throat. Nothing big, but a small annoyance. 50 minutes into the message, the tickle was so annoying that I had to stop teaching to drink some water, which then led to choking on said water, which then led to me taking off my microphone, turning it off, coughing like a maniac, turning my microphone back on and coughing again. I composed myself, took another sip of water and proceeded to speak but nothing came out. I had coughed so hard that my vocal cords decided to revolt in anger. My internal voice said, pull it together, sister. This isn't over. What I wanted to do, melt through the cracks of the stage, never to see another face of humanity for as long as I lived. Y'all, if you would have choked as hard as I did, you would have seen boogers fly out of your nose and that would have made you want to die. But what I did, I blinked, swallowed, prayed in my head, and began to speak again. When I spoke, it was raspy and hoarse, but at least it was audible. I found my voice distressed and raw and pushed into high gear like it was my business. I knew exactly what was happening and I wasn't gonna give the enemy room to shut my mouth or to steal my voice. I began preaching with such ferocity and tenacity, ain't nothing gonna stop me. Uh, The message ended and we stood in beautiful worship. But as I walked off the stage, I felt a huge wave of depression and embarrassment and utter failure sweep over me. I felt like a massive fraud. Uh, While backstage, I found a quiet space and I called Matt, my husband, to tell him just how embarrassed I was. He assured me that I was making a bigger deal about it and that I should hold my head up. That's husband talk for pull it together, sister. 
I walked into the green room and I sat on the couch as people walked in and out. About a minute later, I saw my friend Bob Goff walk in and start hugging people. If you've never met Bob, he's a combination of Jesus, Santa Claus, Willy Wonka, and Walt Disney. Basically, he's magic. He has this insane ability to leak Jesus, love fiercely, and speak to your heart. He wasn't at the conference when I spoke, and I was so relieved that he didn't have to witness my complete public failure. As we were talking, he rummaged around in his backpack and pulled out a bag full of medals. Only Bob Goff would have faux military medals in his backpack, I thought to myself. He's the type of guy who would. He's a husband, father, grandfather, lawyer, consulate to Uganda, businessman, New York Times bestselling author, and overall magic man. So I assumed he earned medals for being awesome. But before I could ask a question, Bob got on his knees in a room full of people, pinned a medal to my chest, and stared straight in my face. With the biggest smile I've ever seen, he whispered, Bianca, I want to give you a medal because I see the way you love people, and I want to let you know that I'm proud to know you. You're doing so much, and you need to know that you are seen and known. I choose you, Bianca. You're my friend. Listen, y'all. You might think I'm crazy, but I totally had a moment. My eyes were filled with tears as he spoke these words over me. Yes, the words coming out of Bob's mouth were Bob, but I felt and heard like they were words from Jesus. I see the way you love people. I want you to know I'm proud of you. You are seen and known. I choose you. Bob wrapped his arms and gave me a big hug. I thanked him, but nothing could express what was in my heart. One of his famous quotes states, I used to be afraid of failing at something that really mattered to me, but now I'm afraid of succeeding at things that don't. In that moment, I realized that I was afraid of failing at something I loved to do, but the one thing that mattered most was that I loved people well. And if we can do that, then we succeed. That reminder wasn't just for me. Bob's words, dare I say God's words, are for us every single day. Failure makes us fearful of trying. Growing up, unfortunately, comes with a series of failures. But just because we fail, that doesn't mean it makes us failures. It makes us resilient every time we get back up with wide eye wonder and say, I wonder what I could do better next time. And speaking of doing it better next time, I've got to be real. The audio on this episode and last week's episode with Christine wasn't that hot, but forgive me, I'm a new time podcaster. Don't worry. Moving forward, we have way better technology and the audio is going to be better. Nobody neutralizes failure and encourages people to dream big like my friend Bob. I'm excited you get to meet him and hope you pull out your notebook and jot down his wisdom. If not, just listen twice and be doubly blessed. Well, Bob, you are a friend and I love, I'm obsessed with the fact that I get to sit down and talk to you. I mean, here's the thing, life is crazy and it's been a minute since we've actually been face to face, but here now on the podcast, we get to have a conversation and the topic that we are going to be going through today is adulting while not losing your childlike wonder. And you more than anyone exhibits uh, this typified. Um, you are a dad, you are a husband, you are a lawyer. You're a writer. You own a retreat center that I can't wait to go to when COVID is over. You are so many things. You make me feel as safe as I am in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood and yet as fun as I'm on Sesame Street. So, Bob, welcome to Let's Go There. It is an honor to have you on today. Oh, thanks a million. And hello to all your listeners. I hope you'll 
find something that Bianca has said and find a wide spot on the road and write that down. We were just talking about how we're both note takers. And if you want to live a noteworthy life, you got to take some notes. And so that whole idea, there's something that's going to strike you that uh, will be said. And I just want you to say, not just like use that like brain candy, say like, what a swell idea, but to say, what am I going to actually do about that? Yes. And that's where it gets really good. I love it. I couldn't have said that better myself. Okay. So Bob, for those that don't know you, you are this larger than life, whimsical man who is full of zeal and passion and wisdom and insight and a life well lived. And so we see this very exuberant, fun, whimsical notion of, of you and you exude this carefreeness about yourself that is contagious. It's infectious. And I hear all the time from people when they find out that, like, I actually know you, they want to know how, how is he that way? I mean, he's so responsible. I mean, he's a lawyer and he's so smart and he's, he's stayed married for all these years and he's a great dad and, and he's so businessy and a business. He's not even a real word. Look at me. Like, clearly I need to raise my levels, but, but <laughs> for people awesome. that are wondering your how, how are you the way that you are? Oh, well, first of all, that's very generous of you to say. Uh, and I just love that we're friends and you just ooze affirmation for people. And I know it's a really authentic, so I receive that. But I'm also the guy that I bet you've done this where you're looking for your phone while you're on your phone. <laughs> Before this podcast, hand to heaven, no. it's on my desk. I said, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Oh, yes. I so feel that's you. actually the guy that takes out the garbage on the wrong day of the week. And it's always been Monday. So, um, so I think we're all just trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, uh, what I have observed is uh, that some do it with a higher level of intentionality. And so you can be a really fun loving go for person uh, and be hapless. And that just makes you actually a pain to everybody. Uh, but if you actually have a purpose, there's an intention that you set for the day. Like I, I wake up and it's not like a yoga kind of intention. It's just like kind of a, like, what do I want to do? What are my greater purposes today? So there's all the things that we're capable of doing. And some people have initials behind their uh, name uh, to says the project uh, <laughs> a lot of insecurity, but to project that they are capable of doing that. But I have that sense of calling, like what's your thing? And, uh, and I get a lot of telephone calls. And so I know what a call is. Um, so when people talk about my calling, I think I want to drill down on that and to say like what, what you're saying is this thing that I've have an emerging intention to do. And it's emerged because you have some capabilities, you have uh, some sense of like, I, I assume that some people listening, faith is a really big deal for them and other people like none of the above. And so whatever uh, causes that intention to form, whether it's, your, it's informed by your faith or informed by some difficult circumstances, I just want you to spot it and to say, what am I going to do about it? And actually engage that. And that's where the childlike part comes in, not childish. Uh, most guys I know have childish male, <laughs> but childlike. That's to, a good clarification. Uh, yeah, to approach that like you were eight years old, to say like, what would little Bobby Goff do? I, I've got a great example. We were laughing because I, I took this uh, boat uh, out. I wanted to uh, go to the beach, but there's like too many people at the beach and it's a little creepy. So I said, oh, I know what I could do. I could go out in the ocean where the water isn't polluted. I could just like go off the beach. And then so 
I got there with my son and I jumped in immediately. And uh, what I didn't realize is that the wind was blowing the boat away <gasps> faster than no. I could swim. No. I swear, I felt like Wilson. It will it felt like a scene out of like a uh, castaway. Yeah. I was the, the volleyball. And I was like, <laughs> the boat was floating further away. And I'm thinking about sometimes when you, uh, uh, we uh, underthink some things, we overthink some things. Sometimes mm. people don't take the leap because they're overthinking it. Sometimes they don't take the leap because they're underthinking it. And I'm just saying, consult your eight-year-old version of you and they will tell you what to do. And I just think that's a very winsome way to live. And I evidently got back to the boat because here I am. I love it. I love it. Okay. So this is one story of many, like you jumping off a boat and the boat begins to move away. I mean, you have these insane, crazy stories from throwing candy off of your balcony, your your summer home to kayakers, to giving keys to international delegates, to your home, uh, giving away your cell phone number and home address to people who read your books. I mean, you are, you're this crazy adventurer and I, I can't, tell people of just the authentic person that you are and it feels so adventurous and it feels so almost like crazy and you talk about this eight-year-old what would Bobby Goff do I think that you live this out so incredibly well and as kids I think that sometimes we had a greater sense of a uh, we we didn't care as much as for failure like failure really didn't mar us or our personality or maybe our identity and I don't think that this is something that you're just saying. I think that this is something that you've taught us. And so this t- this podcast is entitled Let's Go There. And so most people don't know this part of our story, but uh Goodness, now I think like six years ago, Matt was transitioning out of a job that he had for 13 years and he just felt like it was his identity. It was his call. We spoke, you spoke about calling and, and he just felt like really confused. And on a whim, I said, I wonder... I wonder what would it be like if you called Bob, like WWBD, what would Bob do? <laughs> and Bob, I'm just, for those that are listening and it, it was a year, it was several years ago. I'm not too sure you remember, but I wrote this down. You said, just show up, go try things. And what people don't know is that we actually took money out of, I'm emotional thinking about it, out of our savings because Matt really felt like he was called to help churches thrive and develop in Europe. And we took all of our savings at the time and we said, Matt, you can go to Europe five times and you're just going to show up. And he's like, what am I going to do? I said, I don't know. Bob said, show up. So you're going to show up. Bob, I don't even know if you know the fullness of this, but Matt was able to go to Europe, not five times. We could afford five times. He went over 25 times in two years. He met with thousands of church leaders. And guess what? Every amount, every dollar that we invested into that, it came back a double fold. Now, I'm not saying go out and do crazy things and you're going to get a double in return, but you you dared us to be crazy and reckless and just show up that childlike wonder. And so right now, there's so much going on with like COVID and people are losing jobs. Bob, I hear all the time, I've lost my job or, you know, this is causing marital strife. This is affecting me on so many levels. So for people that are like losing their jobs or they're at an impasse or maybe like Matt yeah, six years ago when he had to kind of rethink everything everything for his personal life. What do you tell them in this crazy season? Yeah. Part of it is to just pause and just kind of hover over that for a second. Like the pain that surrounds so many people's lives right now, the 
the pain as a society that we're incurring, the 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 regret, the resistance, the, all of that, and just hover over that for a second instead of having opinions about it. Just I just want to be like in it with they just kind of sit in that. I don't need to be stuck in that, but to just sit in that to say. Boy, my role in this would be student, not teacher. And so as we start seeing ourselves more in that role, I know the magnificent work you're doing in uh, in prisons, that you're more student than teacher. If we could say those kinds of things, you haven't, when you're turned uh, 15 and a half in high school, you get a student driver, like banner on the top of the car. <laughs> And you yes. just, you know, go a student driver. When I, uh, I, I get a place that I uh, go to and you can only get there by seaplane. And so when I'm talking on the radio, I tell the tower, I'm a student pilot. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> They're nicer to me. And I think there's something beautiful about finding a, a safer harbor because it's a right harbor to be in, to just say, I'm a student of these things. And so if, if you're in the middle of the crisis, it just felt like whether you're Marriage feels like you're just roommates. It's very transactional or you're in the middle of a, a big riff and you feel like you're going in different directions. If you can just go above the patient to the top of the operating room, look down at the patient, which is your marriage, your relationship, your job, your pain, and uh, see what it is that's going on. Then once you see it, you can start understanding it. And once you understand it, you can start fixing it. What we try to do and start fixing it. We start with a, mm. this is the fix. And I just want to uh, just go back to student driver to say, hey, is there more I need to understand? But I don't want to get caught in this eddy of just informing myself. I want to actually go do something. I want some skin in the game. What keeps us away is that we're just afraid. I mean, it was like, it's the story of a Peter who also jumped out of a boat. <laughs> 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 and he says he saw the wind. And sometimes it's seeing these things. It'll like keep you out of the water because you just be like, or start just sinking because you see the wind. For me, it was, I didn't see the wind. <laughs> I jumped the boat. <laughs> and then the wind came up. I'm like, oh, dang. So whether the information comes in advance and you're a little afraid of it, or like me, you're uh, gathering it along the way in your life experiences. What I want to do is to say, how can we now deal with that? How can you have a really painful uh, and important conversation with somebody to say, man, I do not, I'm just a student driver on this thing, uh, but here's an observation. Uh, instead of telling people your opinions, to just say, this is what I've experienced. I kid you not, there was, I get a hundred calls a day. One just came in. Uh, but these, uh, somebody said, what's your advice? I'm like, well, <laughs> you have to, I don't know you. <laughs> do I? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, what's your advice? I'm like, I actually don't have any advice for you. Uh, but uh, tell me something about you. He said, oh, well, I'm a senior in college. I'm like, oh, that's terrific. What do you love? He said, oh, I love business and I love this. And I love that. I'm like, oh, that's terrific. That's awesome. Now, I'm not going to give you any advice, but here's my uh, observation is that people that give you advice without taking time to understand who you are wouldn't be worth the advice they give you. I would mm. divide that advice by the biggest number you can think of. And I can think of some pretty big numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of telling people what to do to remind yes. them of who they are, and I would say that with all the important issues of the day, to remind people of who they are as we are students of that, to say, man, I'm your student here. 
So just let me know. And I want to remind you of who you are. I want you to help remind me of who I am. Don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. Don't, don't, you don't need to blow sunshine at me. Just, I'm just your student. So let's just be right here together, like fully here. Let's see if we can see it so we can understand it, so we can fix it. Mm. When you talk about being fully here, I have witnessed it. And now I now I just feel like this is an infomercial for Bob, but I promise you it's not. This is my hand to heaven truth about knowing you and who you are. Um, a couple of years ago, you invited me down to come down to your uh, Dream Big workshop in San Diego. Yes. Oh, that was fun. That was so fun. That was so fun. And there you are behind the griddle. I don't know if you remember this. Well, I'm sure you did. But like we, I got there in time for breakfast and you and Sweet Maria are making pancakes and serving berries with cream and I walked in and I'm like is this Disneyland where am I it was it was one of the most magical days that I spent and so the information that you are even pouring out right now is stuff that you have unpacked for so many people and so the number one hesitation and reservation that I hear when I'm talking to people, um, whether they are 20 something, just trying to figure out life, especially as the topic, you know, is, is adulting. This is like this, this transitional moment of stepping into a heightened level of responsibility, um, losing the dependency on parents or those in their thirties and forties, maybe even fifties who are experiencing kind of like this do over and the hesitation with maybe, um, being, childlike in wonder is this heightened level of responsibility because it's like, Hey, someone has to pay the bills. So for those that are listening and thinking like, well, I'm glad that works for Bob. What's the remedy that you would suggest for someone that thinks like, well, that works for you. So almost kind of like your, your whim, your whimsy and your wonder feels almost like a luxury. So for those that feel like it's not for them, what would you tell them? Yeah, a couple thoughts. Uh, remember when you were a kid and your teacher said, keep your eyes on your own paper? <laughs> <laughs> that still applies. Like, did we just see the comparison is such a punk? It'll be so if what happens, you're looking at the other people and you're like, well, yeah, easy for you if. Um, and I totally get that. Um, uh, however, I just keep like kind of tend to your own fire, just kind of mm. blow on those embers keep that one going to say, what's my next courageous move? Uh, what will that be? And so uh, sometimes it's just understanding what your ambitions are and uh, uh, to understand three things like, uh, like, what do you want? Why do you want it? And then decide what you're going to do about it. And so just thinking about that. So that's a question I pose to uh, quite a few people. Uh, and so we could pose that question to somebody in Washington, DC. We actually got the department of labor together. <laughs> No, you didn't. Please tell me everything. I love your stories. Let's go through like, so what do you want? Why do you want it? What are you going to do about it? Uh, The next week I was in uh, Kabul, Afghanistan. We invited 170 Afghan leaders to come from all the warring provinces, meet me in Kabul and ask the same questions. What do you want? Why do you want it? And what are you going to do about it? And it was going awesome at the Dream Big thing until day two when the secret police of Afghanistan raided the conference. Stop <laughs> it. It was going so great until it wasn't. But I think these are great questions to ask. And if you ask those questions, they're going to be misunderstood, as I was. Um, you will have some pushback. You are either going to mm. see the wind or not see the wind. Um, but you'll find a little pushback, but don't take this as this sign from God because you got a little pushback. But one of the things in our faith community I'm going to lose is this idea that like God closed the door on me. 
I mean, like, I, I, if it's a hard no, that's fine. But I'm like, you just, I shoot the locks off. Just get that thing open. You've had an ambition. It squares with everything you've ever wanted for your life. It's good. It's right. If faith is a big deal for you, it's like Matthew 25, hungry people, thirsty people, sick people, strange people, naked people, people in jail. And then you ask Billy if you can have the job and he says no. And you say, God, shut the door. Billy said, no, that's the entire transaction. Mm. Get back to building that rocket ship. And so some of us, we had this uh, winsome ambition when we were younger, and then we gave up because something got really wonky. I'm just going to answer this so you know my life. I love it. Go. Hello, it's Bob here. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, I'm just talking to a friend right now, but call me back in 45 minutes and I'll talk to you. All right, man. See ya. 100 a day. So one of the things that I've tried to do is just be incredibly available and it doesn't cost a nickel. It'll cost you a minute, but it won't cost you a dime. Mm. And I think there's, what if you pick an ambition, like just the beauty of being available. All you have to do is not send a guy named Jeremy to voicemail. And just like, it just makes him feel uh, validated. It makes me like, that's what I want to be. And, and there's nothing, that's the whole transaction right there. And then to take a genuine interest in people. I think that's where I felt like lifted up. You've taken a genuine interest in me. Matt has taken a genuine interest in me. Countless people haven't. And I just want to forget paying it forward. I just want to be doing what Jesus did with people. He just stopped and he took a genuine interest in them. And that doesn't make me Jesus. It just makes me like him in this small way. So I'm trying not to get emotional again. Gosh, you make me get so emotional, Bob. Here's the thing. Before this podcast, I was talking to Matt about how excited I am that I get to talk to my friend because it's been a minute. And there's that verse in scripture that you just quoted. So I'm going to share this story with you because it was so apropos. But, you know, Paul says, emulate me for I emulate Christ. And I'm not sure I could say that. And I was talking to Matt and I was just like, because I am a hothead and I fly off the handle and, you know, there's this nasty competitive streak in me when we play tennis that makes me want to use unsavory language and throw things. And, and yet when I was thinking about you, and I know that you're not God, please hear me on this, but I feel like if anyone typifies that verse, like St. Paul, it's Bob Goff. And you make people want to follow God, even if they're not people of faith, this, this higher good because of how you live your life. And so I want to say thank you for taking that call with Jeremy. I'm touched because you are a man who lives by his words. And that is so far and few in between in this day and age. So, Oh, thank you. Well, one of the things that we all have to navigate is that line between imitators and imposters. So we mm. just go like imitators of Christ. So to say, what are some of the attributes if, or imitators, if Jesus isn't your thing, then imitators of the most terrific person you can think of. <laughs> like, so <laughs> have them in mind and say, how can I do that? But an imposter is like the guy with the big sideburns that's trying to convince you he's Elvis. And <laughs> I don't think he is. <laughs> There's actually, that happens a lot on social media. There's a guy that we both know. Uh, he and I went in on a guy to uh, school the go through the internet and find anybody who's an imposter of us trying to Stop pretend it. they're us. And in the last two years, 25,000 imposters. 
like they've shown up this, they say he's behind this, I'm behind this. I'm be so this no. whole imposter thing is for real. Like, and the crazy thing, it isn't just them. It's us. Like we become kind of imposters of ourselves. If you give enough validation for being like sassy and go for it, and you're going to speak your piece, then people will come to expect that of you. But I know you've got gears. There's a mm. really sensitive side. There's the really sassy, like, oh, I'm the balloon guy. Like, I just like, you know, I'm the happy Bob, but I'm not always happy. I actually get yeah. super, super lonely. Um, and people don't know that about me. That's why I've like, I, I fly home from wherever I am, like Orlando back to spend the night. And then I fly the next day to Tennessee uh, because I get super lonely. Uh, so I'm not going to spend a night in a hotel when I just just get lonely. It's just like a bad thing for me. And I can eat peanuts and get home, even if it's for just a little bit. So one of the things that, that will happen if people only know you one way and you don't get authentic with them, you become an imposter yourself. You become mm. a caricature of who everybody collectively thinks you are. Mm. And uh, it doesn't give you the freedom to experience the wide range of things God wants us to experience. Joy and happiness and confusion. Like, say like, I don't know, man. <laughs> people ask me questions all the time. I'm like, I don't know. Go ask John Piper. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> So one of the things to be authentic, but here's the deal I want to know because I'm a student. And so I want to go because faith is important to me. When somebody says something that uh, like seems like a different angle on things, I just go back and read the Bible. I say like, is there anything in here that says up or down on that? And then I don't make a big deal to everybody else. I'm not a uh, umpire calling balls and strikes. I'm a base coach. I'm just I telling people when to run. Just go. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You want I to love steal it. Still second, be like Mazel Tov. <laughs> I'm going to love you either way. <laughs> okay, so you give us permission to go, and I just have two more questions for you. The first one being, um, what is so? So for those that aren't too familiar with just the craziness of your life and some of the things that you've done, I want, and this is going to this is going to matter for question number two, but I want to know. What in your history has been the craziest thing? Like, so from witch doctors to meetings in Kabul to dropping down food to mailing keys. Now, these are all stories that I know you know, but other people might not know. So I want to know what is the craziest caper that you've done? And and then I'm going to ask my last question. Oh, super easy. Uh, it was I. my ambition in high school was to go out on a date. Never happened. Um, my ambition <laughs> in college was to go out on a date. Never happened. Many attempts on my part just Stop. never just didn't work. And so in law school, I meet Maria. Oh my gosh, this is my ambition. I knew she was going to go up to this place uh, as a work crew boss and take 10 girls to volunteer. They were going to be the work crew. So I immediately got 10 guys and I was going to be the other work crew guy because I wanted to get within 10 feet of her. And the first night at this Young Life camp, there was an elderly woman whose pacemaker stopped in the middle of like spaghetti dinner, face in the spaghetti. She was out. And I knew how to do CPR. And so after 30 minutes, I got her going again. And she didn't die. What? And sweet Maria is thinking, this guy is not much to look at, but you know, in a crack, he can be helpful. And that's where we started this relationship. Is that crazy? Fast forward 35 years, we just bought the camp. <laughs> where the lady Stop. did the face plant. So this, is, 
So one of the things I would do is I would say it's patience. It's like those times when I was patient, you're waiting for the job, you're waiting for the relationship, you're waiting for the child, you're waiting for the the nod, you're waiting for God, you're waiting for an answer, you're waiting for the cure, you're waiting for a vaccine, you're waiting. The word suddenly appears 87 times in scripture. Nothing in my life happens suddenly. (laughs) (laughs) We are reading different scripts. Um, But what I'm learning is patience. And so I ended up getting a girl, we made a couple kids. And one of the things that we're doing now is just saying, man, if we had not been patient, uh, if we had bailed out on some ambitions, if I bailed on the thought that I'd ever have somebody who'd want to go out on a date with me, if I had bailed on the idea that I could ever get married, if I had bailed on this dream or that dream, I just hope that the, of all the crazy things that have happened, it would be the more mundane pedestrian. It was just the patience and the, but I had tone. I knew what I wanted. I knew why I wanted, and I decided what I was going to do about it. I got within 10 feet of that girl, and I did not budge. Oh, okay. So as many Sweet Maria stories have I heard, I don't think I've heard the heart attack and spaghetti story. So it's my favorite story. It's now my favorite story. Uh, Yes and amen. I love it. Okay. So first of all, I just, I think that you guys are such a role model in marriage. So like I'm hoping 35, Matt Matt and I make it to 35 years and we, we buy something, something as big as the camp. Um, so uh, you help so many people, including Matt and I, dream big, and you just always expand our mind. Now I want to to go there. I want to go there with you. In this new season of your life, what is the thing that you are dreaming big for? You know what I want um, uh, now is grandkids. Yes. Like in the worst way. And actually, we actually have one. Um, this little fella arrived about a year ago. And he's only learned one word so far. And the word is apple. And so an apple is an apple, but I'm also an apple. And Marie is an apple. The world is an apple. His parents are apples. And I'm hoping when he gets to high school, he has two or three words under his belt. But what I'm hoping now is I can learn better words to describe the things that are going on around me. I think that's going to happen for him. I hope it happens for me that I could lose some of the retread words that have been used to describe ideas and they've just been overused. They haven't been well thought through. I want to borrow. I want to be a student of other people to find a better choice of words to describe a much more important idea. And so that's my hope is I will find better words going forward. I'm just more humble words more kind words, words of acceptance, um, Words not of criticism. I'm not going to be pointing bony fingers at people. It isn't because I think truth is this thing that's, you know, very uh, fluid. I just think uh, I'm not going to sort that out with people in these in this context. I just want to be available, be a friend. But what I'll do, because faith guides what I'm doing, that I just go back to the scripture and say, is there anything in here that speaks about <laughs> boats blowing away from guys that didn't see the wind? I'm like, there is. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I ordered the next day when I figured that out? A Wilson volleyball. I love uh, it. 
Amazon. I'm sure they deliver it before I even ordered it. They just knew I wanted it. Um, but that idea to surround yourself with reminders of the lessons that you've learned. And so if you go into my world, I have reminders everywhere of the lessons I'm learning. So do that. If find a wide spot in the road. If you're listening to that, write down something Bianca has said. Do this. <laughs> Hello, it's Bob here. Hi there. Hey, listen, I'm talking to a friend right now, but if you call back in 45 minutes, I'll talk to you. Deal? Hey, thank you. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> and be available. There's something about that. If just this reminder, it just makes people feel so validated. And all I said was hello. And I'm telling you, the power of a word, even if that word is Apple, is just immense. Oh, Bob, I love you. I appreciate you. I cannot tell the world my corner of it where they could stalk you, find more about your books and more information about you and your beautiful life. I love you and Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Apples to you. Love, love you, Bob. Thank you so much. Bye. Friends, I hope you love Bob as much as I do. You can buy his amazing books wherever books are sold and you could stalk him online at Bob Goff. And since sharing is caring, share this message with your friends, family, and frenemies, and don't forget to tag us. We're Going There is a new podcast, and it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to the show and wrote a review. As a gift of my appreciation, I'd love to send you a six-week Bible study and PDF guide through the Book of Ruth as my way of saying thank you. All you have to do is write a review, take a photo of your review, and email it to podcast at inthenameoflove.org, and we will send you your free goodies. Join us next week as we have a killer conversation with my wannabe mentor and friend, Lisa Turkers. Turkers.